Welcome back to the Moms That Lead podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. We're building on last week's conversation about starting small with habits to become healthy leaders by speaking to an actual expert in women's fitness, Lori, otherwise known as the Misfit Mom. You know by now that I believe that fitness plays a critical role in our ability to lead and that fitness challenges during the grow phase of your leadership development not only reinforce prioritization and time management habits, but also result in the confidence that you'll need to lead to your potential. But Lori digs in way deeper, taking the lies about fitness that have been told to women head-on and giving us specific ways as female leaders to make fitness a lifelong daily habit that we actually enjoy and crave. Stick around for a fun conversation and amazing free resources that she provides. But in case it's your first time here, let's start with the intro. Hey there, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection? Then you're in the right place. I made this podcast just for you. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers and that leadership is not about position. But instead, just like John Quincy Adams said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Well, thank you, Lori, for coming on today. I would love to have you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, how you currently lead, um, what you do, and what your journey was to get to where you are today. My name is Lori Mazikas, and I consider myself a uh, fitness and mindset coach for women. I work with kids, women, and and men too, but my heart is in working with women. So I've honestly been into sports and fitness pretty much my entire life. I can remember being like seven years old and doing laps in my parents' hallway, my childhood home, (laughs) trying to be like Rocky Balboa. So (laughs) so fitness has always been important to me. But so I, you know, I played soccer as a child. I got into cross country in high school and then kept running pretty consistently through college, just as like a stress reliever and just getting out. And it was a great way to just stay in shape that way too. And I've always loved the challenge that fitness and sports bring into my life. I think I really started getting passionate about helping women. In college, my my mom passed away from ovarian cancer. Mm. And in the course of treating her cancer, we learned uh, that there's a pretty strong family history of a lot of female specific cancers. And so it's like learning about that disease, we kind of learned about what we don't know Mm -hmm. and and what we didn't know. And I think that the light bulb started kind of going off then because it was a little bit troubling to 
to see this happening to my mom and my grandmother too at the same time and not know about it myself until it got to that a tragedy, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I kind of started getting passionate about staying fit and staying healthy at that point. And then it grew from there. And then of course, once you, you know, as any mother knows, once you have your own children, it really changes your perspective on health. And, and I think for me, it changed my perspective on health care for women mm-hmm. a lot. I had a very difficult pregnancy with my, my daughter, ended up with that extreme form of uh, morning sickness, morning sickness, quote unquote. But, right. And my doctors had no answers for me. It was just, just try harder to eat. Just try harder to drink. Oh my gosh. And it was like, I, that's not that's not okay. You know, that wasn't okay with me. I thought women have been having children since the beginning of time. Surely I'm not the first one that popped up in your office with this problem. So, so, and then, you know, postpartum was kind of the same thing of like, you know, how do I regain, regain function in my body? And I couldn't get any answers. It was just like, oh, well, we don't do that. That's not us. You know, just, just try and find a workout that you like to do, or you can go run again at six weeks postpartum and, and it didn't feel right, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's when I really turned the corner of uh, women, science and medicine has not caught up to women. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that a lot of professionals who are in the, the baby birthing business don't know. They don't seem to understand how that affects women really to, to carry a baby and birth a baby mm-hmm. and the long-term effects of that. So that's kind of where my knowledge quest began was for me. But then I realized, gosh, all these women are coming to me and saying, when I run, I feel like this, this doesn't feel right. What's going on? I'm like, well, I need to start sharing some of this information. So, so that's, I enjoy learning about the stuff and, and it's kind of become a, a fun process to share it with others too. And, and let other women know you're normal. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Here's how to fix it. So. That's great. And so was that when the Misfit Mom was born? I'd, I'd love to hear the story behind that name too. <laughs> so Misfit Mom evolved from another, I, I became really passionate for a long time about food and my nutrition and probably a little dysfunctionally so. And as I realized that that was not the platform that was working for me and more people were asking me about my fitness, <laughs> that I was like, well, you know, I am a mom, and but I don't want to be the mom that preaches getting your body back after pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wanted to be the mom that preaches, let's get function back. Let's look at fitness as a totally different way. It's not a matter of losing weight. It's a matter of staying functional and, mm-hmm. and being a part of your children's lives and your life. So it, to me, that turned into this whole misfit way of looking at fitness and exercise. So it uh-huh. kind of was like a revolution one day. I think I was driving back from a triathlon with my husband uh-huh. and I was like, misfit mom, <laughs> how does that sound? <laughs> so, and I texted a couple That's- friends. I was like, would you follow a misfit mom? How do you think about that? So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I love it. I love it. That's got a cool ring. So, <laughs> so it's kind That's of great. Fun. I love when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very neat. Well, thank you. I can't wait to dig in and and learn more uh, because it sounds like you have through your experiences and knowledge, so much to share. But I wanted to start with the podcast is called Moms That Lead. So some people may be wondering, you know, what on earth does fitness have to do 
with being a leader. And if you've listened to some of our episodes, you know we define a leader not by position, but by the fact that you are aware of what your unique strengths and purpose are and and you're leading in the world with those. So I'd love to hear your perspective on what fitness has to do with being that best version of yourself and being out there and leading. Yeah, fitness, I to me, all the leaders I follow obviously would be into fitness because uh, I'm looking for them for expertise, but a lot of the, a lot of the main leaders within networking events that are maybe into real estate or uh, banking or something else, they all seem to have a way of incorporating fitness into their life. And I think it's because it's a way and a, a physical example of what real dedication and self-love and commitment is. So it's, you know, if it's not your platform, fitness is my platform, but if real estate is your platform, but you're still committed to fitness, well, that's kind of your, re, your affirmation to yourself every day that I'm dedicated. I am a dedicated person because I can get up and work out or I'm dedicated because, you know what, I didn't have time to get a full workout in, but I made time for this walk or I made a better choice at this lunch meeting or something like that. So I think also a way of living that says that I know my body is important to the life that I live. So taking care of it, I am setting an example, not just to others, but also to myself that I matter. And I think that's something that I think we admire in really good leaders is that they confidence in themselves and this dedication (laughs) and commitment. You know, also it does promote the healthy body, but it also helps a healthy mind so that leaders can face challenges, become resilient, achieve goals, stay focused on the bigger picture in life. So I think it's super valuable for just a mind, a good mindset and a good body too, but promotes that whole persona of what a leader really is too. I love that. And I love the focus, particularly in the times we're dealing with right now on resilience (laughs) and how it can, how it can help with that. Have you come across um, any of your clients or people that you've been working with that that's become even more important? Yes, absolutely. I think it's changed. It's shifted a lot of people's, you know, everybody was go, 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 go. And then when we all had to stop, Mm -hmm. it was like, we finally had to some of us had to really face some of our habits and what that was doing to Mm -hmm. us. The funny thing is on a personal note, it's really affected me, even though I've been, you know, I was going to the gym three or four times a week and still running and and trying to train. I was trying to train for another Ironman right when shutdown happened. And so obviously all that got stopped and I had to refocus at home and, and it's really helped me realize like, wow, I really enjoy working out at home. And, Mm -hmm. and then through that, uh, friends, I've had other friends reach out and say, you know, let's, let's go for a run. But <laughs> people, I thought you run, <laughs> like, let's go run, let's do this. So, <laughs> so we actually ended up forming this uh, inadvertent small run group, you know, it's still safe uh-huh. and everything, but we're getting out there. And because of that, people in there have run, we're up to 10 miles now. And, and they're like, I never thought I could, I could get past six, you know, so I think it has been a great thing for a lot of people to find a love for, for getting out and getting active now. So, and deal with the stress of the uncertainty that we're in right now too. So, right. Something that we can control yes. at least to some extent. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I know you love to focus on women. Why do you think it's important 
in particular for women to prioritize fitness? I think uh, because women usually are the heart of their home. Moms, you know, we're the ones, we're the schedule keepers. We're the ones that know who likes what cup to drink from in the morning. We're the (laughs) ones that know where the shoes were actually left last night, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of stress. There's a lot of mental load being the mom and being the center of a household. There's a lot of mental load that men carry too. This isn't to discredit anything that they do in the home, but I think that there's not been a lot of attention paid, you know, and credit given to what it takes to just run a household, to get the kids out the door in the morning or in Mm -hmm. the bed at night or lunches on the table, or even now, lunch on the table, schooling done and, and work done, you know, I think for, for moms and for women, by putting that priority and, and saying, wait, my needs matter too, that that is what fitness does for moms and women. So that's why I like to do it. And I like to do it also to change the conversation about what fitness has been for women. It's, it's just been morphed and marketed in a a dysfunctional way in the past. So for me to be a voice that starts to change that and, and help women change the voices in their head about that, I'm super passionate about as well. Oh, that's great. And, and that gets into something I was going to ask as we were talking about women prioritizing fitness, what are you seeing that gets in the way? And I'm wondering if maybe the mindset and how things have been marketed, as you just mentioned, uh, might be part of that. (laughs) I think that's a lot of it. I think that's where it, it all starts with the mindset. And I think because a lot of women, this is throughout women's entire lives. I see it from teens all the way through, you know, menopause and women beyond that. Just, it's just been so wrong the way that women have been treated and I think you know if you just take a woman that's just had a baby and you tell her at six weeks you ought to be wearing your old jeans again well that does Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing to help her that's just Mm -hmm. so shameful and demotivating and it doesn't support the mom taking care of what really is going on inside her body after you've had a baby and at six Mm -hmm. weeks so I just think that there's a whole, like you could flip on the channel right now, probably and go to a popular entertainment station and they'd be like, oh, how so-and-so got their body back. Here's all these five or 10 different exercises that you should be doing to, do, to get your body back. And probably nine out of 10 of them are completely inappropriate for a mom to be doing mm. after she had a baby. So mm. that's part of it. And then women see that and they think, well, you know, I... I can't do that. Or that feels awful when I do that. And they either push through and get hurt worse, or they, they feel horrible doing it and they don't ever want to do it again. And then they're like, well, I, I'm a bad person because, or I'm, I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm just not capable or whatever. And it it does nothing to help moms. Mm -hmm. So I, it's something that just real, and I see it on online all the time too. It just Mm. is infuriating, honestly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. frustrating too. So yeah, not only motivating you to do the wrong things, perhaps, but then, like you said, you you feel bad after you're doing them. So that demotivates you to do anything. Yes. Yeah. As it comes related to fitness. Right. And then and you think you get the wrong picture of what fitness is. You know, for me, fitness is taking care of my kids in a way because I'm taking mm-hmm. care of me. Not it's not a doer, like you shouldn't be 
killing yourself in a workout and then having, you know, mm-hmm. struggling to get off the couch two or three days later because you're so sore or so tired or, or whatever. This should fit into your life and mm-hmm. should be a part of taking care of your life, not mm-hmm. that takes you away from it because it's so, you know, destructive, I guess. <laughs> right, right. So how do you do that? How do you either personally or with your clients, um, what are some of the approaches or techniques that you've used that really focus on what women should be focusing on? I think the first thing is to assess your mindset about it. You know, I, I get new moms that come to me all the time and they're like, I want to get rid of the, the baby belly afterwards. And it's like, well, we've got to, let's assess your life right now. Cause if you have a mm-hmm. baby that's still not sleeping through the night, this isn't going to be good for you at the moment. Or, mm-hmm. or we definitely shouldn't be doing a 30 minute long program. Cause you need to be taking a nap at some point. That, mm-hmm. that needs to mm-hmm. be a priority. So the first thing I have all of my clients do, or I kind of talk them through because they'll come to me and they're like, Oh, I'm super motivated to get my life in order. Now let's, let's get, let's lose this weight. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I think, okay, are you going to be able to do this for the rest of your life? Are you going to feel mm-hmm. like this every day for the rest of your life? No. So let's talk about your day. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? How does it go from here? What time do you wake up? What time do your kids get up? What time do you eat? What do you eat? Like we kind of walk through all the steps. And then, you know, I talk about why do you want to, why do you want to lose 10 pounds or 15 or 20 Okay, that come from when is the last time that you weighed that? So it's all about what is going on up in your in your head. And then let's start from there and evaluate your time. And if it and then remind them like it really is okay. If all you have to give is 10 minutes for three days a week, then we're gonna start there and you're gonna be mm-hmm. further along than you were last week when you didn't give that. So again, it's changing the mindset behind it. Let people know that sometimes it's the simplest little moves that make the biggest difference, especially when recovering from a, a birth and a pregnancy. And even my teens, I try to remind them like the little moves are your foundational moves. And once you master those, they grow into bigger, more important things. So start small and go from there. And that's, that's where I go from everything. Just start small, start with a small mm-hmm. first step and let's, let's go from there. <laughs> Right. And making sure that you have that consistency, I think definitely trumps everything else. If you can build on 10 minutes a day for three days a week, then, you know, in a couple of weeks, we can move up to maybe four days a week, or we can add in two walks or something and see how Mm -hmm. that goes. And, and then decide what you like to do. I have uh, a friend of mine the other day that was like, Oh, I remember I love to rollerblade. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. go buy some rollerblades. <laughs> right, right. It doesn't have to be like, have uh-huh. to be lifting iron and running four miles. Like you do what you want to do. So, so she, she got some new rollerblades and she's getting out there. And I have a friend that loves to ride bikes with her kids. So go ride a bike. That's, that counts. Right. <laughs> it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can be having fun and getting right. a workout in at the same time. Right. Let's enjoy this. Let's make it fun. And you can involve the family too. Like I love your stuff about involving your family and training for the Ironman. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's, that's super important and setting a great example for your kids too. Right. Yeah, that that definitely was a great experience and a, a ton of fun to be able to involve them in that. What would you say 
If you have a woman who has tried all different kinds of fitness routines and just can't stick to anything, and it may be related to what we were just talking about, but do you have any additional advice for her to get started with something that she can stick with? I try to encourage all of my clients to start with a walking goal, a step goal, mm. because it seems so manageable. Even if you have a <laughs> full-time job, you're with little kids all the time, there, I really feel like there is some way to fit in more steps every single day. Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. don't have to start off with 10,000 steps, but if you can start with a goal of trying to get to 5,000 a day, let's try it. Let's aim for that and see what it takes to get to that for you. And that may mean a little move like parking farther away or mm -hmm. taking the stairs or, you know, walking around your house more, taking the dogs for a walk, whatever. Us try like the walking the step goal is super super effective and I don't mm -hmm. think people give it enough credit of how that can help you change and heal your mindset towards fitness and movement if you just think like oh let's just get outside a little more today so I can get closer to 5,000 or let's get outside a little more so I can get closer to 8,000 and then take like play the long run game, go for the long run. Don't look at like, Oh, well then next week I'll be running. I'll be running a marathon. <laughs> it's not, mm -hmm. <laughs> not what we're trying to do. We're trying, if next week, all you're doing is 5,000 steps again, I am happy. You are doing good. Let's keep going. Let's do 5,000 steps again. And, and again, and again, until you're like, dude, I crave that walk. I want to get out there and do this, you know? Because I do believe at our core, all of our bodies are made to move. And we've all got into a, a bad habit of, of sitting all day in front of a computer, in the car, in front of the TV, whatever. And so are, we've forgotten what that does to our bodies and our brains and how we really do need that movement, not just exercise. Think of it as movement to live optimally, to, to feel better, to do life better. So I try, I start with the steps and the walks because that seems to be one of the, the most simplest ways to start infusing that love of movement again mm -hmm. into somebody's mm -hmm. life. And then we can, we can build from there easily. Right. And I love how you tied it back to, to healing the mindset. Yes. Yes. It is. And Cause again, I think it, so many of us, men and women, have been programmed that exercise and fitness is something we should hate doing, you know, or like, it's torture, it's wrong, I hate this, I hate that, but I'll do it so I can have this later or whatever. And that's not what I try to promote. I really want people to understand that movement is what your body craves, is what your mind craves, and it, it, that will help you enjoy your entire life better. Even just an extra walk a day can change your perspective on your entire day. It really, really can. That's amazing. Are there any particular elements of fitness or exercises or parts of the body that you think are particularly important for women to focus on? Yeah, the pelvic floor is not talked about mm. quite enough in a positive light. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, before you start having babies, and I, I teach this too, is because your pelvic floor is actually connected to your entire core system from your pelvis all the way up to your diaphragm, it actually, it's your entire core system is 
comes from there. It's like your foundation. Mm -hmm. And so when it is not working properly and it's not working properly and a lot of people, just a simple squat move can become really detrimental to your overall health. Sized every one of my clients, everyone, men, women, teens, older people, they all start with foundational pelvic floor strengthening moves and trying to coordinate the breath to the body and the pelvic floor and make it all work together. So I, you know, in all honesty, I haven't studied the muscle structure all that much, you know, so it's not like I can't sit there and say, well, you're feeling this muscle and this muscle and this. But what I can say is that if you're not breathing correctly through a squat move, you're going to hurt yourself or it's not going to feel right. Or you're going to, in some cases, some women and men have an accident of some sort, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, that's embarrassing and very actually, you know, kill your motivation to ever want to work out and try a squat again, for sure. Of course. So key breath moves that you can do laying down in bed or laying or sitting at your office chair or driving your car can make a world of difference in strengthening that whole system so that it operates better through all your moves throughout the entire day, but especially Mm -hmm. through a strength training program or running or riding a bike uh, or jumping rope, things like that. So yeah, I love things down right to the pelvic floor like oh you want to lift mm-hmm. you want to do an overhead press well we got to work on the pelvic floor and they're like <laughs> so, I, bet. Yeah, I get some strange looks when you say that yes, absolutely. Right? <laughs> and then I teach the moves and they're like that's so easy and they go to do it and they're like oh that's a lot harder than I thought it would be <laughs> or I didn't know I'd feel that so um, uh-huh. yeah, now you're engaging something that you haven't engaged properly in a very long time so So yeah, it's always fun to teach it because they are, they're simple moves. But when you finally coordinate it all and get it right, it's like eye-opening of how it can change your whole body function from there. Very interesting. And I know you do a lot of posts and you have some videos available or some of them related to the pelvic floor and the breathing exercises you were talking about. Yes, I do. You can, uh, most of those are on my Facebook page. I'm working on getting a YouTube channel up and running better. But Facebook is, if you look up the Misfit Mom personal training on Facebook, a lot of videos that you can access on there. I think I have, I do have a six week called Ab Rehab program, Mm -hmm. but those are all the moves that I I start a lot of my clients on depending Mm -hmm. on their fitness level. But if you're brand new to fitness or if you're a mama who just had a baby, those are that whole series. It's about six weeks worth is a great place to start. Uh, to learn those moves, the breathing moves and engaging your core again too. Excellent. We'll make sure we link those in the show notes so that people can find them very easily. Well, I know you mentioned Iron Man a little bit and I- See my smile? I'm excited about Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) I know you have done three? Two. I've done two. I was training for 2020 when I struck. So right. I would put me on hold. I had actually, actually the truth is I had deferred my, my mission for 2020 to next year. Anyway, I was dealing with my own recovery from having a baby a couple of years, two years ago now injured my hip and it's all related to the C-section that I had and, and the uh, rehab that I didn't quite do as thoroughly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the teacher became the student for a while and I had to right. uh, defer my registration due to my hip injury, but then COVID struck anyway. So I was like, so hopefully I will go for Ironman number three next year in 2021. 
I'd love to hear from your experience kind of how you feel that fitness challenges like that can help you develop as a leader and as a person. My first big fitness goal was after the birth of my my oldest, who's 14 now. And I, while I was like eight or nine months pregnant with him, I remember missing running so bad. And I just kind of made a promise to God, like, okay, if this all works out well, I promise I won't waste another run. I will go for something mm. big and I will get out of my three mile comfort zone and, and really push it. And so I signed up for the Walt Disney World Marathon and, and did that in 2008. And I was finishing it and thinking, okay, that's good check, you know, let's move on. Mm -hmm. And I got on the plane wearing my marathon shirt and somebody said, Oh, well, you're a marathoner now. And I thought, Oh, God, I am. (laughs) I want to do it again. (laughs) So so think I always go back to planning that going for that first marathon and how simple, you know, it seems like such a huge accomplishment when you're looking at it from Mm -hmm. day one. But it's really when you step back and you break it all down into the manageable steps, the day-to-day thing that you can do to reach that goal. I always go back to that in so many of my things that have nothing to do with fitness. I mean, if I want to build a business, I kind of look at, okay, what's my goal for this year? Let's break it down into little increments and what can I do today to get further ahead? So I that to me, goal setting and the big fitness challenges just really translate well into like, okay, if you, if you did this marathon and you planned it out and you remember how scary that was, then then let's try and see if we can apply that same mentality to this Mm -hmm. goal where you want to build a business that is, you know, online or self-sufficient or whatever, you know, whatever the goal is. So helped me tremendously. I love goal setting. I'm I'm definitely like a a goal oriented person, but I Mm -hmm. think it helps a lot of my clients that I work with too realize that you're really capable of a lot more than you initially think you know it's just a matter of taking one more step sometimes Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. really that simple sometimes and it's like (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm mind-blowing and when you have that experience of that that journey that you've been on that you can refer back to even if it's something totally not related I think that can be so powerful, especially if it's something in your own life. Yes, yes. And I try to kind of convey that through my Facebook page, for sure. That's where mm-hmm. I put, and, and Instagram too. I put a lot of my, you know, my day to day, like today I ran four miles and then Sunday I'm going to be running nine. It's not, I didn't wake up in the morning and decide I'm going to run nine miles. Like if you look back for months, I've been working on this for, you know, since I started over again after having the baby. So Mm-hmm. There was a time that walking a mile was very hard for me in the very recent past. So it really just comes down to playing the long game and taking it step by step by step. And what role would you say that challenges like that have to your confidence and your, your confidence level in, in life? Yeah, certainly helped my confidence <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. They, I, I'm in a fortunate position in that, in a way that I've, because of the three C-sections that I've had, I've had to start over three times with mm-hmm. a no base, you know, and a, a, with a very difficult pregnancy that I could not work out in whatsoever. So when you start over after that and you're 30 pounds heavier than you were when you last ran 
and you just, everything hurts and doesn't feel right mm -hmm. and you're tired and, you know, you've got every reason to sit on the couch, but you get up and you just make that mile walk and you come back mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, now I feel better. You know, it actually helped. And it's like one little conquerable step that you have control of. And it's about taking, taking control of, self. you know, just like kind of, you're the one doing the work, pulling you along instead of relying on someone else, putting that responsibility in somebody else's hands. I think that is the huge confidence builder that a lot of people miss when dealing with uh, a, a personal fitness uh, issue and even a mindset mental health issue is that there's a lot to be said for investing in you and you doing some of the work, you know? Like, we all need help sometimes, absolutely being able to check something off your list like okay i i know that i at least did my 10 minute walk today that's that's valuable like yay <laughs> you know that's something i can hang Definitely. my hat on for sure <laughs> right and i know we've talked about like you just mentioned that it can be as small as 10 minutes but again getting back to training for marathons and ironmans um you know some for some people 10 minutes may feel like it, that big of oh, yeah. an accomplishment or that big of a burden even. How did you find time being a mom of three to fit that training into your life? I, you know, I don't recommend it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many people that come to me and say, I don't want to run a marathon, but can you help me? <laughs> like, it's not all I do, I promise. <laughs> right. So, you know, for me, it came down to that is my passion. I really like to push push the envelope a little bit on, on what, on endurance events. I love endurance events. I love, mm -hmm. love going long and, and just seeing what, what is possible. So it starts there. If, if it's something that you really feel in your heart, you're called to do, then you, you can find the time and you'll find the way. Uh, I didn't mm -hmm. know what I was doing when I first started training for a marathon. My husband, thankfully, is a big help. I would start early in the morning on some days. There were other days that I just couldn't get out of bed. We had a bad night or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and my husband steps in like with no question. I mean, he knows that this is important to me. So you have to have a good support system for a big goal like mm -hmm. that. You just have to. have to also be gentle on yourself. You're not going to be the number one, the first person across the line. It'd be a really hard thing for you to get through. And uh, it's okay. There are going to be challenges along the way. So be gentle. But, you know, hold yourself accountable, too, to getting up and making it happen and team behind you. Ask for help. Ask, ask mm -hmm. you know, hey, can you watch the kids or let your husband know in a, ahead of time, I got a big run, I got a big meet coming up or I got a big whatever training day. Just so you know, this is going on and don't be afraid to take it. Like, that's for you. Mm -hmm. That's you. You need that. And this is your goal. And you got a good partner in this. You if you made some babies with somebody, I'm hoping you got a good partner because you're going to need that <laughs> right. then from there. And, and he'll understand or you know, he or she will understand and, and support uh -huh. you and, and, you know, do what helps you take care of you and your goals. I think you hit on two really important points there right at the beginning where you said you have to be really passionate about it. And we've talked in the past about prioritization and how you have to start with what is tied to your passions, what's tied to your strengths, what's tied to your values, because without that why. Yeah. Uh, 
you're, you're definitely more willing to talk yourself out of something than into something if you're not right. passionate about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I think your point about you didn't even know how long the longest run was going to be, but you were just focused on what you needed to do that day, or, or maybe you looked, you know, a few days in advance, but taking it down into small chunks is another. Yeah. As I think if you, you can really scare yourself if you look at some of the, I mean, I've done, done two Ironmans and even starting to get ready for training for the third one, I was like, oh my God, look at this. You know, I know I'm going to have this day. It's coming up. (laughs) And it seems very terrifying. And so even an experienced athlete can talk themselves out of it easily. So I look too far ahead. (laughs) Uh Just look Uh far enough ahead for you to plan for the childcare or, you know, just that time that you need and, and, and be prepared for that. just day at a time for sure so right and I think that applies to life too absolutely both both making sure you know you're doing what you're passionate about and the breaking it down into chunks yeah there's a quote that do you are you familiar with Derek Fitzgerald no I don't think so okay it was one of the Iron Man highlights but he was a heart transplant survivor and a cancer survivor who completed the world championship and he had a quote that said something about don't focus just on the mountain that's ahead of you, but instead focus on the next step that you need to take. Cause yeah. he was talking about how, when he was recovering, you need even just crawling across the hospital room Yeah, was an accomplishment. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of people forget that everybody comes from something like that. You know, we all mm-hmm. have a struggle. None of us woke up in the morning as Michael Phelps, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. we all, we all have our challenges and, and we're all real people. I, this is something I try to preach to moms all the time. You're a real mom who's in the real world that doesn't have a chef to come in and make her meals for her. A luxury would be considered hiring a personal trainer. You are mm-hmm or to have a coach and have somebody show up and and walk you through a program that's you know not everybody has all the stuff that you see on tv that they're promoting and you got to be realistic and work with what you have and what what is possible Mm -hmm. today and as long as you make one step towards what is possible today well then you're further along than you were yesterday and that's that's the important part is just figuring out sometimes you're just figuring out as you go too so Right. But if you stay committed to figuring it out, you'll figure it out. It'll get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just one step forward. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually a great lead into the question that I ask all of our guests. And I'd love to hear the different answers about what you think it means to be a mom that leads. For me, it is definitely a priority. Something I struggle with It's coming from experience and valuing your wants and your needs and what your goals, your dreams, that so really, honestly, it means putting that ahead of your, your children and your family and, mm-hmm. and saying, okay, that, that doesn't necessarily mean you look at your kids and say, oh, you know, well, you're hungry. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm going to feed my, you know, like <laughs> it's not that it's saying I need to schedule my time and then mm-hmm. we can fit in yours. Now, I know you've got soccer practice on Tuesday and Thursdays. Where can I fit me in? Because I met, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a reminder that you matter. And by taking the lead on that with yourself, like you got to be a leader to yourself first, 
it translates amazingly to your children and your family and your life and your children learn that they matter too. their needs and mm -hmm. wants matter and they deserve to speak up about them so mm -hmm. by being a mom who invests in her fitness and invests in her body and her health and making it better you're also and saying that this matters you're telling your children when you get to be a mom it matters for you as well and, mm -hmm. and it matters for you now too, but you have to set the example for your family and you have to lead own life. And then it translates really well into leading your kids. So that to me is what being a mom who leads is. And sometimes it translates really well in the office place or in your entrepreneurship job or, mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever you're doing cannot be an effective anything if you aren't taking care of you and listening to mm -hmm. you. So something I really struggle with on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. So I definitely learning, especially through this pandemic about how important it is to listen to the voice inside that's saying, no, I need a break or I need a run or whatever, you know, or I'm hungry. We got to let's wait mm -hmm. on this for just a second. Let's, let's finish this part or whatever. So up for yourself and taking charge of yourself translates across the board. That's so true. Definitely agree. And I am just so grateful for you coming on today and, and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your experience. I know you mentioned your Facebook page and we'll be sure to link that. Is there anywhere else that you'd like me to direct people to find out more yes, about Yes, um, on Instagram as well, The Misfit Mom, just The Misfit Mom on Instagram. On Facebook, it's okay. The Misfit Mom Personal Training. Mm. So follow, follow both pages because I put a lot of uh, videos up. So I like to give out tips and stuff. And and then, you know, I, I'm definitely one that just likes to share. So if you have a question, please message me and, and we'll chat and we'll you know, we'll talk about what, what's going on in your life and, and go from there. What a great resource. Well, thank you again for coming on and we'll make sure to link all of those in the show notes so that people can find you easily. And just look forward to watching and, and seeing what comes of your journeys and uh, continuing to learn from you. So thank you again for coming on. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Wasn't that great? Lori's definitely an inspiration and wealth of knowledge and support. Be sure to check out her pages for lots of free videos and motivation. Here's to being healthy, strong leaders so that we can share our unique gifts with the world. Until next time, lead with love.